Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 141st ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great today, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. You just get done with uh, Relay for Life? Yeah, just got done um, running the laps and just thought I'd come straight here. From How many the, laps did you get in? Oh, you know. That's, a, that's an all-night uh, event, all, right? Yeah, I was just I was running all night and just still all through the day. You did running? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're allowed to walk, but... Yeah, you are. Okay. Have you ever been to a Relay for Life event before? No, I haven't. They're fun. Yeah, I imagine. For a great I have to cause. do it for, I have to do it for work pretty oh. often. But or else you wouldn't. But it's for a good cause and I I have done it for leisure as well. Sounds great. Yeah. Uh speaking of what Kyle does for leisure, um how's your MLB the show? <laughs> sounds really weird. <laughs> yeah, just do relay for life for leisure. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> How's your MLB The Show uh, player coming along? Oh, Did you break into oh, the majors yet? No, I haven't got called up yet, but man, I got to be close. <laughs> they they gave me a little, uh, they were in my ear about it. They were like, hey, uh, Cardinals might want to bring you up for the playoffs. Ooh. And so just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm like, well, I'm batting 500 <laughs> and I'm starting pitcher and I'm like 18 and two. <laughs> like, good Lord. I'll keep doing it though. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll just keep trying my best until they decide to call me up. And I, I guess I just. Cardinals must be stacked if they can't. I was going to say, <laughs> like, who am I worse than? <laughs> so. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, I've talked to my agent a few times about, you know, express my frustrations about playing in the minors oh and, really you yeah. can do that yes oh, okay well i better do, try every that. every once in a while the agent will call up and be like how's everything going and he'll be like well actually you know oh i always just say great yeah <laughs> i just used like to, me on the show like, yeah i used to say that and then i was like well you know kind of get tired of the minor leagues and they they just say well just stick it out we'll get there eventually yeah they really um make you earn it on yeah. on mlb the show i know you know you how play i for like five years you know how I'm, I'm all about those record books oh like, yeah you uh, are I, every minute that I spend in the minor leagues is my valuable career where I could be building stats for the MLB record books, which is going out the window. Yeah. So you would have, you would have thought of that. Yeah. Well, I do check the leaderboards pretty often and I'm up there on pretty much everything. Yeah. But it, it might as well be imaginary cause it's minor leagues. Well, it's also a fictional game, but <laughs> you have a point. All right. Uh, well, producer Cameron and I have been playing some video games of our own called NASCAR Heat. That's good stuff. Yes. And the online racing on that is incredible. And Chaotic. Yes. Frustrating. Yeah. I was in an Xbox party with you guys last night when you were playing that. You weren't saying very nice things to the other racers. Well, they were not being, they were not doing no. nice things. But I, I, well, after you guys got off, I did race a few more races. I made friends with one of the guys that I was previously bad-mouthing, and I, uh, we drafted. I pushed him right to a victory. So Sounds like he used you. Yeah. Our, our headphones are messing up a little bit. Something. <laughs> All right. Producer Cameron will work I'll on that. I'll figure it out. We'll move on with the show. Uh, of course, this is the Missouri Sports Podcast, and uh, don't forget, our dear listeners, that you can check us out on YouTube if you want and you can support the podcast directly by leaving us a review or a comment or a like or by subscribing to our Patreon page and that is patreon.com 
slash Missouri Sports Pod. Um, Kyle, we've got some football to talk about. This is kind of that time of year where there's a, not a whole lot going on, but we do have some kernels of news that we can discuss. And the first is Missouri has a potential commit. Uh, we're on commitment watch for Marquise Gracio. Uh, he has announced that he's committing tomorrow at 5 p.m. And Mizzou seems to be in the driver's seat. The crystal ball likes Missouri. Yeah, um, four-star defensive lineman from St. Louis. Uh, yeah, the breadcrumbs have been abounding from this one for a little while. I would be shocked, and I told you guys I would resign from the podcast if he doesn't pick Missouri. So, might be a little nervous. You know, I am tomorrow. now. So, well, uh, that's that's some big-time stakes. So, I'm okay. just kidding. I won't resign, Sheesh. but I was just—that's how sure I am that he's going to pick Missouri. So. Okay. But recruiting is fickle, and I probably shouldn't say things like that and make <laughs> make certain statements. Yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, um, yeah, I, he's got a pretty solid top five. You know, he's a four-star player, so obviously he's got some good options. Um, so it's I shouldn't um, just be I don't know. Yeah. I shouldn't it's belittle not in the bag quite yet. I shouldn't belittle this this uh, recruitment because it, this is a big deal and would be a major uh, get for for Mizzou and is like we've said on this show many times is historically uh, not a player that we expect to land typically is a, a four-star player from St. Louis. And that speaks to the success coach Drinkwitz has had that we can kind of be like, yeah, we feel good about this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. In previous years, that would not be the case, even though we are, we do tend to be optimistic on this podcast. Yeah, we do. Realistic. Yeah, uh, tomorrow, which it will be Friday, uh, May 14th at 5.30, I believe, is when he's making that commitment. So keep your eyes on Twitter, and hopefully we'll get some good news. We missed out on another transfer wide receiver from formerly from St. Louis. Uh, Jordan Johnson went to, uh, transferred from Notre Dame, and he has now ended up at UCF, of all places. We made predictions for this last week, unfortunately, and this I was, predicted the state of Florida. This is one that I thought he was going to Mizzou, and I was wrong. Um, but I didn't. Uh, I wasn't all that sure about it. Put but anything I, major on the line. It for that did one. seem like it was something that made sense. So we were zero for two on um, big time wide receivers transferring back home. Uh, so with uh, Jameson Williams being the other one, so kind of thought we would hit on one of one or two of those guys, but we did not, and. Yeah, UCF seemed a little random. I do. I had forgotten that Gus Malzahn's there now. Um, so they've, you know, they're really probably writing the big checks now. But um, I don't know. It, it is. It just seems a little random. Yeah. Well, I was only off by a few miles, I guess. Yeah. You. What did you say? Florida State. Yeah. I had, and that was just like a completely wild guess. Um. Kyle, we talked a couple weeks ago, or I mentioned that Scott Linehan, former NFL head coach, Scott Linehan um, was working in some capacity with the Mizzou coaching staff, Mizzou football coaching staff, and they made it official. He's been named an offensive analyst. And we kind of thought that that's, you know, the, the type of role that he might find himself in. And it looked like it was that way unofficially already. So um, that's just really interesting. And I think we kind of talked about the fact that it seems like Coach Drinkwitz is surrounding himself with a lot of experience and a lot of head coaching experience and randomly kind of a lot of NFL coaching experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, he doesn't seem to be 
afraid of of putting himself around people who have been in powerful positions and uh he clearly is looking to uh learn a thing or two from guys who have been there before and so you got to respect that as a guy who's clearly confident about his own abilities but is also willing to uh want to learn from guys who have been uh, in in that position before so uh pretty interesting i I wish i would have done a little bit more research into maybe what scott linehan has been doing since he was a head coach i really don't know what he's been up to the last the last several years but i wish uh, you would have done that as well (laughs) been some good content (laughs) um maybe some other time but yeah but it's pretty interesting can't be a bad thing uh one other player that i wanted to get your opinion on is kevin coleman he is the number one player in the state of missouri uh for the 2022 class and he's a wide receiver out of st louis and he's really really good like top 15 player in the country five-star guy he a long time ago released a top 15 schools mizzou was not one of the top 15 yet since then he's posted pictures like at a mizzou visit or like tweeted out like a promotional recruitment image yeah it was just pictures of him like clearly on a visit like in a mizzou uniform and uh yeah that was a little random and it was uh it was deleted uh not much later on it was within an hour or two of him posting it i don't know if he just blew up more than he thought it was going to i don't know but I'm not sure he's as talented as Luther Burden, but still, I mean, a five-star player. A five-star player from Missouri um, would love to be in on that. Um, I'm not sure Missouri has a realistic shot, uh, especially not making the top 15. I'm sure, and things can change. I mean, uh, there's been a couple of different guys who have released top 15s recently that I think Missouri is still going to have a shot at. Um, Because sometimes guys say you know they make a top 15 of a bunch of schools that they couldn't necessarily commit to and i'm not saying that happened with with kevin coleman i mean he's a five-star player he could probably go anywhere he wants um but i i don't think he's gonna end up at mizzou i i think it's nice that um you know he posted those pictures and it's always fun to get excited about a five-star player um recruit you know posting those pictures and um, just the idea of him staying home but i would be pretty surprised to see that happen yeah, me too. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything there. Um, Kyle, I wanted to jump into our YouTube comments real quick and read one from The Magic Man. Uh, this was from last week when we talked about the addition of Ronnie DeGray to the basketball team. Um, part of this comment is, um, I like the game of DeGray, but I would love to get the center on his um, Massachusetts team, Trey Mitchell who is the conference player of the year. The last I heard, he was sitting out there in the portal. And I want to thank the Magic Man for bringing that up because we haven't mentioned that uh, lately. But in my opinion, Trey Mitchell from UMass is... If I could pick anybody to round out the roster next season, it's probably him. That's, like, realistic at all. Because there is a post position with a lot of minutes readily available and a player of his talent coming in. I think he averaged like 18.7 rebounds last year at UMass. That would be just a perfect end to the Mizzou basketball offseason, in my opinion. For sure. And, um, you know, Mizzou's got 
12 guys currently they've got one scholarship available and we've talked a lot about what are they going to do with that final scholarship are they going to fill it are they going to uh, kind of let it ride and and not and not fill it because obviously we know what they've done with that final scholarship um, the last few times and it's never worked out and you never play that many guys anyway and so um, but this is definitely a scenario in which I would yes I would be ecstatic with them um, Trey Mitchell that's his name yeah with adding Trey Mitchell because yeah he's he's in a position of need he's obviously a very talented player. And he's got a connection. So, um, yeah, that's something that makes sense, something I would be all on board for, for sure. Um, you know, there's very few players out there at this point, though, I think that I would want to use that 13 scholarship on because, I don't know, unless unless it truly is, is a fit and it's going to be uh, somebody who's going to make an impact. Otherwise, I, I would like to see, you know, some of those younger guys uh, have an opportunity. And it, maybe they're getting thrown into the fire a little bit this year, but I think that we're all expecting you know some growing pains so if if we can get some of those younger guys playing time um i'm i'm all for that instead of you know just getting an upperclassman just to get one sure he would potentially have three years of eligibility but um when i searched like i uh, did a google news search for trey mitchell transfer the first thing that comes up is from an illinois basketball blog and they say what a trey mitchell commitment would mean for the illini and so that's the only i mean his recruitment since announcing his transfer is has been super quiet um so yeah like the commenter mentioned he's just kind of sitting out there in the transfer portal and seems to be taking his time when a lot of other guys have snatched up uh top tier spots top tier landing spots but i don't know if illinois is after him then uh being in pursuit just to maybe keep him away from Illinois would be oh man worth it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to have to play against him. And you know, they just lost um, Kofi Coburn, so that's that's uh, a pretty big hole for them to fill. But it's also a pretty nice uh, recruiting piece to say that we just had this guy on our team and he was he was a beast. So, uh, but yeah, if if Mizzou could land him, that would be that would be fantastic. But just don't know much about his recruitment. Like you said, it's just been so quiet. So, would be would be interesting to know what Conta Martin is thinking though for that final scholarship if they're kind of still looking around or if they just think they're done or or what I don't who knows we will never know we probably will know at some point if they don't get anyone then we'll know uh, yeah but if they add someone, is that we'll because know. they I mean I don't know <laughs> I honestly I feel like sometimes the way they do things with those like last minute additions yeah was that just something that just came up one day they're like oh we're gonna it, uh, like were it, they planning this it seems yeah for so much of the time it seems like they don't have a plan for that like last spot yeah until they just make a decision yeah until like june they just right. randomly add someone yeah i don't know um kyle this is maybe might seem like a weird topic uh but i wanted to bring up the fact that the nba playoffs are starting here in like a week and a half and there's two pretty big mizzou connections uh, that are having excellent seasons in the NBA in completely different ways. Um, the one that people are probably thinking of off the top of their head is, of course, Michael Porter Jr. and the Denver Nuggets. They are fourth in the West, and MPJ is averaging 19.7 rebounds, shooting 55% from the floor and 45% from three. Yeah, And, he's, I mean, and he's attempting like over six threes per game. Yeah, this isn't like surprising really to probably anyone, but 
Um, I mean, of course, there's a stretch of time where people were doubting Michael Porter Jr. He, is he is he hurt? Um, how badly is, is this going to, you know, uh, influence him? But to is anyone... Is athleticism back? Right, yeah. yeah. And I still, honestly, what's crazy is I still don't think that he's just... Expl- is just, is as explosive as it used to be and like it doesn't i feel like it doesn't help him and it's kind of like a similar thing all right get ready for this comparison to like a kevin durant where they're just like so tall right that they almost don't look as athletic as they are yeah Mm -hmm. because there's just those proportions are so not Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the like when a shorter guy is in a dunk contest Mm -hmm. and it looks cooler because their vertical leap is just insane i've kind of always thought that about mpj that there's just something about how tall he is that kind of hides his athleticism a little bit yeah yeah i mean he's, he's clearly not struggling very much if at all i mean i still don't know if he has it back 100 percent as far as explosiveness goes but you're you've got a point his fluidity though to his game yes that's his fluidity that's back, his, like, yes oh. his his movement and his ability to get open and uh just his shot is unreal and how well he can shoot contested shots is just unbelievable 45 percent from three yeah yeah in like his basically a second full season in the nba it's unreal and i mean that that's why you take a chance on a guy like this you know you've you've seen him play in high school you know what he's capable of you know the pedigree it's uh and when you're the nuggets picking whatever it was 12th or 14th or something like that like who else are you gonna pick yeah like to, to land a guy with that much upside at that spot right you know half most of the time in that position you're like oh well, i guess we'll pick this guy i don't know he may never do anything like literally once you That's get out the of the NBA top 10 is. of the nba draft it's like totally a coin flip yeah and you're just like picking for fit or upside yes yeah, so and they hit the jackpot on upside oh, they did for sure i mean he got to come into a team that's already pretty good too so and to have a significant role i mean He's on a trajectory to be a superstar, you know, in the next few years. And, you know, I still think that he has areas of his game that he can certainly improve. And he definitely needs to improve on his ball handling and and uh, and stuff like that. But and probably his defense a little bit. But he's just he's come so far in just a, such a short amount of time and uh, just wouldn't be surprised to see him accomplish really anything. Yeah. I mean, he looks like he's going to, you know, be an all star as soon as next season um with the way he's playing now they did have some injuries like jamal murray was out for a while so he kind of some of his scoring had to be redistributed i think jamal murray had a pretty significant injury he's done for the year isn't he uh i don't really remember i'm pretty sure he is so that's that's gonna single-handedly i think prohibit the nuggets from going very far in the playoffs or 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 winning um any significant uh games i think but they they've got a shot to be really good next year though Last year, MPJ um, just averaged 16 minutes per game. He only started eight games out of 55. This season, he's averaging almost 32 minutes per game, and he started all but seven games. Yeah, last year he was purely a, a spark off the bench, just kind of see what he can do, and they're they're really relying on him now. He's their, he is uh, the centerpiece of the team. Yeah. Except I, mean, for, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Jokic is, yeah. is uh, a superstar as well. Right. Yeah, that's just, but they're really leaning on on uh, Michael for scoring, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's so hard to look at his success in the NBA this season and just like every Mizzou fan is just, it's always tinged with this thought of like, man, 
you know like it is the usage that he would have had the way they were just like i mean we talked about it i don't know maybe a month ago how you know we kind of realized that and maybe this was just more common knowledge and we just kind of like stumbling into it after the fact but you know cornell man with his experience with the power forward position at iowa state and how you just kind of run the offense through it and how they did that at missouri even when their top guys got injured and still had some success yeah, it was a great scenario for Jonte to walk into. Right. But, uh, yeah, uh, there's always going to be un- – it's unfortunate it has to be this way, too, especially for Mizzou fans. It really is bittersweet. Like, I I want MPJ to obviously have the best career he can possibly have. I want him to go win everything. But there's always going to be just that little bit of me that's just like, man, what could have been? And I'm just a little bit sad every yeah. time I see him – going crazy but obviously happy for him at the same time so it's just a weird it's a weird feeling right yeah and if you could have i mean obviously i wouldn't have expected him to shoot like 45 percent from three uh, his one season at mizzou but um if he shot like i don't know 35 percent, and you added him to um robertson and jordan barnett who and jante who all shot like lights out like that as far as a three man you know shooting trio that's I know. Think about how good that team was without Michael. But you could argue that they had to, they figured out a really good way to win without him that is very different than what they would have been doing with him. Mm -hmm. I mean, Robertson doesn't see the usage that he had. Jonte doesn't see the minutes or, you know, or the usage that he had. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would take Cash, Barnett, and Jonte as just like, spot up shooters not needing to cash was initiating the offense sometimes and trying to create his own shot and all this stuff and i don't know he did it remarkably well better than i think anybody anticipated but if he were able to work off the ball more with the defense paying attention to michael i mean uh those are the those are the kind of rabbit holes you go down as a mizzou fan right i mean you, you do have to give the staff credit for, for how they handle that situation and like how they were able to still have a successful season. There was a lot of drama behind the, the behind the scenes and, well, there was a lot of drama period with just Michael kind of dropping hints about him returning and stuff and then actually returning and not being full strength and all that stuff. So there was just, there was, a, that was a crazy season and especially for somebody's first year as a head coach, <laughs> that was just, yeah. that was craziness, but. It was a fun year regardless, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll never remember – I'll never remember. That's an interesting <laughs> way to say it. I, uh, I'll never forget being at the that first game, and, oh, yeah. and Michael obviously was out for a prolonged amount of time, like a couple of minutes into the game. I even remember somebody behind somebody behind us was like, put Michael in. And then I was kind of like, yeah, where actually, where is he? And then, uh, then everything just went from there. Yeah. We had to, like, text our friends that weren't at the game, like – are they saying anything on TV about what's going on? Not ideal. Yeah. But that environment, that he didn't like his defense. The coach didn't like his defense. Pulled him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> uh, that, that was all a conspiracy theory. They, he was never hurt. The whole thing is he just he got the Xavier Penson treatment. Yeah. Conzo didn't like his defense. Um, okay, Kyle, the other thing that's interesting about the NBA playoffs this year and potentially another big Mizzou basketball what if is the fact that Quinn Snyder and his Utah Jazz 
are, have the best record in the NBA at 50 and 20, they're going to be the most likely going to be the one seed in the West going into the playoffs. And maybe at some point going to have to take on the defending champs with LeBron or, you know, um, the Nuggets. So I think there's going to be some really intriguing playoff matchups in the NBA, but I just thought this would be a good opportunity to talk about Quinn Snyder because we are a little bit young uh, as far as Mizzou fans go, and Quinn Snyder as a person is one of my earliest Mizzou basketball memories. I don't remember games being played necessarily. I don't remember really watching them all that much, but I remember Quinn Snyder being a person that was involved with Mizzou. I remember, you know, him, his unceremonious exit from the Mizzou basketball program and the success he had on the court. Um, So I just thought it'd be interesting to kind of go back in time a little bit to that time. And Kim Palm has updated their database in the last couple of years to extend all the way back to year 2000, I think, all the way back to 1997. So we can see uh, Quinn Snyder was the Mizzou head coach from uh, 2000 all the way through the 2006 season uh, before Mike Anderson took over. And he did go to an Elite Eight. And you brought up a little piece of trivia back in March around the tournament time that was talking about uh, 12 seeds that made it to the Elite Eight because mm-hmm. somebody did this year, I guess. Mm-hmm. UCLA. Maybe. Oregon State. Oregon State. And the other, only other one to do that was Quinn Snyder's Missouri team. Um, do you have any memories of Quinn Snyder and or the Missouri Tiger basketball around that time? Honestly, I don't have a lot of memories of, of that era, but for one reason or one thing I uh, do remember is Arthur Johnson. Like he was in that era, I believe, right? Or was he before that era? Um, well, you really put me on the spot here. Yeah, he was, uh, he was kind of right in the middle of yeah. that. Yeah. I remember watching him cause he was just a, a memorable player, but honestly that was i was pretty young that was that was kind of before my time but it's almost crazy to think though like that quinn snyder was there six years like that's a significant uh amount of time that's an era for a coach to be somewhere yeah especially being successful it's crazy that he was there that long yeah well he that there was a some people listening to this are going to know way more about this than we do actually but um the decision to hire him came down to him or bill self at the time and uh quinn snyder was a kind of a hot shot assistant under coach k at duke it's crazy that that long ago like being an assistant under coach k at duke was like a huge deal and you were like highly sought after and coach k is still out there doing it and putting assistants into head coaching jobs but uh yeah so that's not even the what if I was thinking about was what if Mizzou hired Bill Self instead of Quinn Snyder that's like you can't even begin to think about how college basketball changes on that decision but just what if uh, Quinn Snyder is more successful and doesn't have some of the controversies that he had in Columbia Um, one player that I vividly remember and was my first favorite Mizzou basketball player was Linus Klaza do you remember him Mm -hmm. at all uh, he actually, I think he only played two seasons at Missouri and then left to go to the NBA. And I think he actually played for the Denver Nuggets. 
coming full circle, um, but I'm gonna have to look that up real quick. Um, but then he ended up going to uh, Europe to play professionally for many seasons. But uh, he was a, a Mizzou draft pick, and I remember watching the NBA draft to see if he would get picked, um, and he did. Let me look up his. Uh yeah, he played for the Denver Nuggets for four seasons and then played with the Raptors for parts of three seasons. But that's the kind of player that uh, I'm always reminded of him when I'm looking at Mizzou's like recruiting history in basketball. And mm-hmm. he's like one of Mizzou's top five all time highest recruits. And um, I'm trying to see when exactly. So his time at Missouri was 2004 and five, I think. So right at the tail end of Quinn Snyder's tenure and Kim Palm only has his sophomore and junior seasons down something doesn't seem quite right about that but uh, he was a pretty high usage player um, on a not great Missouri team so he was kind of like the star of the show and uh, I, I think maybe if if those teams had been more successful then maybe obviously Quinn Snyder sticks around and maybe Clay's a plays another year and you know they maybe have a tournament run but it's just so interesting I think seeing how it all unfolded I think Snyder was just destined to coach professionals mm-hmm. and not coach uh, college kids <clears throat> yeah. and you can see that just in his time at Missouri versus you know the the scandals and controversies dealing with amateur athletes mm-hmm versus dealing with professionals in a professional environment because he started coaching in the um, what was the D-League and was successful there and just like worked his way up the NBA coaching ranks to be he's probably going to be na- I mean I think he's the odds on favorite to be NBA coach of the year this year with the Utah Jazz of all teams that's pretty wild how long has he been with the Jazz I mean it's been s- several years now yeah um, I will tell you he has been with the Jazz. This is his seventh season with Utah Jazz. Yeah, they got a lot of weapons. They, they, they probably will be the one seed in the West, I would guess, and they they got a real shot. And yeah, I mean, it that's just wild for him to potentially win Coach of the Year. I think he's he's deserving of it. He's right up there. Yeah, he was an assistant uh, with the 76ers, the Lakers. He was the was an assistant for uh, the best Russian professional team, <laughs> and then uh, with the Atlanta Hawks, and then hired as the head coach of the Utah Jazz in 2014. Um, that Elite Eight appearance for his Missouri tenure really kind of buoys what else would have been, what otherwise would have been uh, so-so or a lackluster stint with the Tigers. But with the Jazz, he's been to they've been to the playoffs four of the six seasons. It'll now be five of the seven seasons that he's been there. Uh, bounced in the first round two of those times. I just thought that was pretty cool that there's some big-time Mizzou connections in going to be in the NBA playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of a slow news week. Doesn't Jordan Clarkson play for the Jazz? You know, you know that's really <laughs> a heck of a thing for you to bring up uh, because he sure does. 
he's pretty good. Yeah. Where did he go to school? Uh, I don't know. Tulsa, I think. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. He went, he went to Tulsa first. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I know. Yeah, I saw him play uh, here in Springfield at JQH against Missouri State oh, when really? he still played for Tulsa, and he was good. Did you watch him play at Mizzou? Did, was he on the team when maybe when you watched him play? I don't think I ever saw that team play in person. Yeah, no, I don't think I did either. Uh, no, I definitely did. Uh, that, that That's actually a funny story. My grandma won tickets for a Tuesday night game against Vanderbilt on the radio <laughs> and called me Tuesday afternoon and said I got two tickets and parking passes for this random, for the game tonight. And uh, Emily and I, my now wife, we drove up there and watched them play on a Tuesday night and drove back. Did they win? They did win, yeah. They always won at home. Oh, yeah. And they never won outside of Mizzou Arena. That's correct. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Jordan Clarkson, um, he is playing for the Jazz and averaging 18 points per game. Yeah, he's having probably his best season in the NBA right now. Well, that's just even another connection that I that was not even on my radar. It was just infiltrating the NBA. Wow. <laughs> I watched. Uh, I did keep tabs on uh, Damari Carroll when he was um, in oh the yeah. league. He had a pretty long NBA career. Yeah. I think maybe he. He was just like a surprisingly good three-point shooter too. Yeah. Well, that's the way you got to do it, basically, in yeah. the NBA. Like, if you're at well, um, this is a little bit off-topic, but Anthony Tolliver, uh, he is from Springfield, obviously, so he made a living for like 12 years just like being a stretch four yep who could hit threes at a high clip yeah jordan clarkson uh was drafted by the lakers i'm putting it all together now yeah it looks like he's their sixth man i wonder if he's in the running for sixth man of the year i wonder what it would have been like to watch him play alongside phil pressey if that had happened that would have been fun We're going to see what NBA.com has as the uh, candidates, the top candidates for six men of the year this year. And of course, it's a slideshow. <laughs> <laughs> but they have uh, Jordan Clarkson right there. His picture is right there in the front of the article. Kyle, do we have anything else to tell anybody this week? It's going to be one of our shorter episodes. Pretty quiet week. Um, that's what happens this time of year when there's not yeah. a lot to talk about. Should have, uh, hopefully, a commitment to talk about next week. But I think that's all I got for him this week. Well, I'm one click away from seeing Jordan Clarkson's name here. Jordan Clarkson is the number one candidate for NBA Sixth Man of the Year. That's crazy. And I almost left him off this you whole topic. almost <laughs> left him. Sheesh. <laughs> uh, he'll definitely win it, though. Yeah. Like, with number one seed, Sixth Man for the number one 18 seed points in the per game. West. Yeah. He's got to... You will win it. Lock it in. Place your bets now. <laughs> Blame Kyle if you don't win. <laughs> I'll resign if he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can find our t shirts and stickers on our online shop, Missouri Sports Pod. Big Cartel. Com, or 
you can head over to Patreon and subscribe for the level that gets you the t-shirt. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week.